Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. (laughs) I don't know who that was, but that was awesome. So what Chris didn't tell you is she's being really, really nice to me today. Uh, 17-13. That was the score yesterday when the Yankees played the Red Sox and the Yankees won. So she's being extra special nice because she didn't want me to bring that up or the fact that the Yankees are way out in first place right now. I don't think she wanted me to say that either, but uh, there we go. So you guys know it. And just so you know, Bud has a Kentucky Wildcats magnet up here on this thing. So the first thing I did this morning was put it under here. And if, uh, if you guys won't tell him, we'll just let him look for it for a while. All right? So here's my question. Um, have you guys ever been afraid to try something new? You know, something you've never done before? All right? Well, for me, this is going to come as a, probably a big surprise to you guys, but I've never ice skated. Never. I know. I know, right? No, I've never ice skated. You know what? I've never even brought myself to put a pair of skates on my feet. Like, I've never even laced them up. And I know that I'm probably missing out on something really big, but I just can't bring myself to do it. My kids love it. My wife has ice skated. Like, my whole family's done it. Every year we go to the, to the ice rink, you know, down to Speedway. Um, and we go, and we go in, and they, they put their skates and do their whole thing. And, and I just kind of go over there in a corner. And I just watch all the fun. And it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, if you've ever been, it looks fun. You guys have probably done it. I mean, it probably is fun. It looks fun. And I'm over there. I just go into daydream world, and I just kind of dream. I'm like, man, wouldn't it be great to skate? And I can picture myself out there, you know, just skating forwards, backwards, you know, maybe throwing in a twist or two. A jump like in the Olympics, I can, just, I can just see myself doing it. And to make matters worse, I'm a huge hockey fan. Yeah. So, so like, I can only imagine what it'd be like, you know, to skate up the ice with the puck, you know, dodging defenders, bam, shoot one in the back of the net. But, alas, I can't even relate to it because of one thing, fear. See, I'm pretty sure I can't skate. And when you can't skate, that means one thing. I'm going down. (laughs) And so I'm also pretty sure that ice hurts. And I'm not willing to do that. I kind of don't want to endure that. You know, I've had uh, broken bones and stitches in my life, and I'm not really anxious to go back and try that again. I I just don't. Not to mention the fact, some of you guys may, may, may have this happen to you, but... I have fallen on ice a time or two in my day. Sidewalks, parking lots, all those things, you know. Just minding my own business. Just walk along and hit a patch of ice, bam, go down. It hurts, right? And so if I can do that just minding my own business, then I'm not going to make matters worse by putting skates on. So I just don't skate. And, And maybe, like, even more than the fear of pain is the fear of what? Huh. 
embarrassment. Oh, you guys know how to, if you've, if you've ever fallen anywhere, what's the first thing you do? <laughs> you can, like you could have a bone shooting out of your leg, man, and you just jump up like, hey, did anybody see that? I swear, I was walking in one time this, this place real early in the morning. I was walking across the parking lot. It was just me. I was all by myself. I was going in. I had a gym bag over this shoulder. I had clothes in this hand. And I walked, and I hit, a, I hit the ice, man. You know, black ice in the parking lot. And if you've ever done it, you know the feeling of hopelessness that happens. The minute you hit the ice, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be bad. So I hit the ground. Bam, it hurt. Oh, my God, it hurt so bad. I hit everything over here. And what I do? <laughs> I jumped up as fast as I could. Anybody see me? I'm like, oh, whew, that hurt, but nobody saw me. And then I hear from across the parking lot, hey, man, you okay? I'm like, ah, oh, you caught me. So I'm like certain that the minute I go out on the ice to ice skate, everybody's going to stop what they're doing. And they're all going to dial in and watch. And I just feel like there's probably like a spotlight that's going to come out, you know, and it's follow me around the ice and everything else like the olympics you know there'll probably be some music that plays to accompany the car crash that's getting ready to take place everybody's watching and then what's going to happen i'm going to i'm going to fall i'm going down and when i do everybody's going to point and laugh cell phones are going to come out videos are going to be posted online i'll probably end up on a reality tv video show i'm never going to live this down and so i don't skate now, I just wonder, like here, is there anybody that has a similar story? Are you perhaps missing out on something big in life because, you know, you've you got fear, you're afraid? You know, does the, does the fear of, of, of embarrassment or, or, or whatever, does the, you know, the fear of inexperience because you've never done it, uh, does that keep you on the sidelines? Or does all, the, all those fears just make you doubt your own abilities? Like, well, I, I think I can, but I'm not sure. I better just stay back and and not do it. You know, a lot of people today, we avoid stepping out because we're so concerned with what other people might think or what other people might say. Right? I mean, in our world today, everything is, is public, right? I mean, it's all public. We tell our kids all the time, we're like, listen, you better be aware of what you say and what you do because you might end up going viral. And so we sit around, we think about what other people might say, what other people might think, and so we avoid uh, doing, doing things. And if you, if you add the element of pain and suffering into it, like it's one thing to have embarrassment and ridicule, it's another thing to hurt. And when you put those two things together, like it becomes completely unthinkable. And so we sit back in the safety of inaction as the world goes on all around us. But at least we're safe, right? Let me just ask you this. What if God were calling you to action? What if God were calling you to live it out right there in your life? What would you do? Would you continue to sit on the sidelines and, and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to avoid this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay safe? Or would you lace up the skates, get out on the ice, and skate boldly into uncertainty? Would you cast aside your fear to go where God calls. Now this morning we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about the, the prophet Jeremiah. So we're going to go to the book of Jeremiah, uh, book 1, chapter 1 there, uh, verses 5 through 8. 
So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to pull that. Otherwise, we'll have them up here on the screens. Um, and, and we're going we're gonna to follow as Jeremiah gets this, gets this same call. And actually, when we first learn about Jeremiah, we first read about him, he's not even a, a, an adult. He's, he's still a, a student. Okay? He's still a youth. So we're going to dive in here at verse 5. and Just, just know that the first part of this, this book, uh, verses 1 through 4, it, basically all it's doing is just kind of setting the time frame. All right, so it's just giving you a brief caption of where they are in history. This is where these events took place uh, when God calls out to Jeremiah. All right, so if you'll turn in, uh, turn in your Bible or look up on the screen to, to Jeremiah 1, verse 5, it says this, Before I formed you in the womb... I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So I don't want to spend too much time here on this, but, but I just want you to take a look at that for a second. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I what? I knew you. God knew Jeremiah before he was ever born. And he knew each one of us before we were born. Like that seems so hard to believe. You think about that and you're like, wait a second. We're talking about the creator of all things here. The God of the universe, like that God. He knew you before you were even born. That's pretty cool. Now, if, if you're here today and you've ever felt like you don't matter, if you've ever felt insignificant for any reason, I just want you to think about that for a second. You matter so much that God thought about you before He created you. The Bible says He knew Jeremiah. And God knows each of you as well. So go forward there and God, God tells Jeremiah that He ordained him to be a prophet. He said you were ordained to be a prophet. Now, I don't know about you guys, but, but, but many of you might think when you think about a prophet... Um, what may come to mind, like images that, that may come to mind. You may, you may relate a prophet to, uh, to a preacher or, or a priest, perhaps. Um, maybe you think about a prophet and you think, okay, well, that's kind of like a fortune teller, right? And really, it's, it's neither one of those. Like a prophet was own, own kind of thing here. All right, so, so prophets did deliver messages from God. But throughout the Old Testament, all of the prophets had a very similar story. Right? They all had a, the, the same message, okay? And so their message wasn't, wasn't all forward-thinking like, for, like a fortune teller telling your future or anything like that. Uh, and it wasn't all just like, like roses. Most of it was looking backward, and it all began with, with this premise, okay? Whatever you're doing is wrong, right? I mean, here's the deal. You guys are living this way, and you're not pleasing God. That was the very first message of every prophet in the Bible. They had a threefold message. You're sinning against God, okay? He's not pleased. And then what comes next? Huh, judgment, okay? You can repent or be judged, right? So that's the next part. So it really wasn't pleasant. Like today, we think about things, and we think about preachers, and people will go willingly to see a preacher. Some, some people will travel great distances to see, you know, a, a good pastor or a good preacher. And they do that willingly. Back then, they would willingly go see the priest. All right, we, we pay money. People pay money to have their fortunes told. Well, here's the thing. In, in Jeremiah's time, nobody was paying money to hear the prophet. Okay, they, they weren't hearing money. It, it was not a, a very pleasant message. Basically, it was just starting out with, 
Everything you're doing is wrong. You're heading in the wrong direction, and judgment is coming. So throughout the Old Testament, so if, if, you've, if you've read the books, any of the books of the Old Testament, then you've seen and you've come in contact uh, with the prophets and, and their story, different prophets uh, before this, this time. And they had a common thing. Every one of those prophets, while sharing the same message, they all had hardships. They all faced persecution. They all faced ridicule. They all faced embarrassment. They all faced pain, suffering, hunger, you name it. Right? They had all these things. And so Jeremiah... He would have known that. He's a good Jewish boy. He would have known that, that this was the life of a prophet. So now you got God coming down and saying, hey, by the way, I want you to be a prophet. That's what you're going to be. So Jeremiah did what any logical, sane, right-thinking human being would do when faced with that. He began making excuses as to why he can't serve. Okay? So... If you look at verse 6, this is what Jeremiah says. It says, Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. He's saying, man, hey, you got the wrong dude. Hey, I don't know if you knew this, man, but I'm just a, like, I'm just a student. I, I, I'm, I, I can't do this. I'm too young. And we only see this like brief little snippet. Like you see that one verse in the Bible. But don't you think it had to be a little bit more than that going on in, in Jeremiah's mind? You know, I mean, he says to God, hey, I'm too young. But, but, but don't you think he's probably thinking all kinds of things? He may have just voiced him. He may have said to God, hey, look, I, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I don't have any experience. You know, I, people probably won't take me serious. I, I won't know what to say, God. I don't really know what to say. I don't know where to begin. You know, I'll get embarrassed. I mean, now I'm going to be embarrassed. I can't do that. I'm going to fail. People won't, they're going to talk about me on Twitter. You know, I won't have any friends. God, he's not going to like me. She's going to talk about me. How am I going to face them? I mean, they're going to laugh at me. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to laugh, God. How am I going to face them whenever I mess up? God, I just can't do it. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of pain. I'm afraid of suffering. I'm afraid of all this stuff. I just can't do it. God, I'm just too young. I'm too young. I can't do it. And then we get God's response. Verse 7 and 8, this is how God responds. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. There it is. I mean, God, God basically said, look, man, don't give me excuses, okay? <laughs> you just go where I tell you to go. You say what I tell you to say. And I'll what? I'll deliver you. And that's our message. Like, that's our promise. That's our calling. God's just saying, look, I'm not a God of excuses. I'm a God of deliverance. So if you just live it out, just do what I command and live it out, then I'll deliver you. So we're called to live it out daily, to live it out in our lives. And when we do, he'll deliver us. Jesus tells us in Acts 1, verse 8, he says we're going to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. So like Jeremiah, we've got a calling to be his witness throughout our world. 
So have you accepted that calling to spread the gospel? Are you willingly living it out in your life? Or have you answered God with an excuse or excuses as to why you're not qualified? See, as followers of Jesus, we, we should be examples of His love in our life. We should be examples of His love in the world. Jesus said to us, you know, right before He, he left this earth, He said, I, a new commandment I give you. There's a new commandment. Here's what I command. I command you, as I have loved you, as He's loved us, we're to love others. That's what He said. As I've loved you, you're to go out and love others. So if you're not doing that, then what's your excuse? If you're, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, and you're not loving others in the way that Jesus loved you, what's your excuse? Are you too young? I mean, maybe you are a student. Maybe, maybe you are a youth, and you're saying, look, I'm, I, I really am. I'm too young. I, 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 can't, I can't do that. Nobody's going to take me serious. Maybe you're, a, maybe you're a baby Christian, right? You've heard people referred to as baby Christians, like new believers, you know, it comes from in the Bible, it's talking about, you know, some folks have to live on milk before they can get the, 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 the heavy stuff, you know, they got spiritual milk. So you're a new Christian. Maybe you're a, maybe you're a young Christian, you're saying, look, I'm just too young at this, and, uh, and so nobody's going to take me serious, I don't really know, I'm just, I, I can't do it, God, because I'm just a youth. Maybe you're not young at all, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, and you're saying, hey, I just don't know where to start. Have you ever said that? Have you ever said, you know, I just don't know enough about the Bible. So I can't really tell anybody about Jesus because I just don't know enough about the Bible. Well, here's the thing. Just like Jeremiah, you can count on God to give you the words to say. You just have to have the faith to step out and follow where he commands. He'll give you the words to say. I would suggest this. If that's your excuse, I would suggest that you start by just asking God for opportunity. Just open yourself up and say, God, you know what, I, I don't know what to say, I don't have a clue what to do, I don't know where to begin, any of those things, but I just want you to give me some opportunities. We were in New York last week and we went to uh, the service of Hillsong United. They've got a, a satellite church in, in, uh, in lower Manhattan, and so we went to we went to Hillsong United, and the, and the preacher that day, last week, uh, he was talking about, uh, you know, how we need to look. Like he said, look up, look in, uh, look back, look frontwards. But one of the things he said is, is we need to look around. And that's just where this falls in. So if you're asking God for opportunities, we need to look around. Okay? You can't just ask and then bury your head in the sand. You've you, you got to look around, look for opportunities. And that means, folks, we've got to stop doing this all the time. Okay? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's fine. That's fine. No, I'm right. Yeah, you can do it. Everybody's like, oh, God, you just stepped right on me. Oh, man, stepped right on my foot right there. Anyway, hey, look, hold your head up and look around. Ask God for opportunities, okay? Now, the other thing is this. When you're looking for opportunities, you don't know where to say, you don't know where to start, all those things. Let me tell you this. Nobody can argue with your story. Now, they may not want to hear it. They can turn around and walk away and do whatever they want to. They can't argue with your story. You give your story, okay? You tell people what Jesus has done in your life, 
how Jesus has impacted your life, how you were this and now you're this and now we're going there instead of there. You tell them that, they can't argue. Okay? Tell your own personal story. Start there. So really, each one of us here today, at the very least, we should be prepared and ready to tell our own personal testimony. All right, maybe that's not your excuse. Maybe, maybe you're saying, hey, I, I'm just afraid of persecution. You know, I'm afraid of criticism. And I get it. I get it because, hey, we live in the Bible Belt, right? We, we're fortunate that we live in the Bible Belt of our country, but even here, even now, in our country today, sometimes it seems like Christians are ending up in the minority. Okay? Now, we can talk about all the reasons why and all those things some other times. We may be partially to blame, but, but at the end of the day, sometimes it feels like we're, we're on that side. So you go out to social media, and, and, and the dialogue about basic Christian beliefs and, and, and traditional Christian values can be pretty harsh. Like, the dialogue can be pretty, pretty rough. It seems sometimes that the media is slanted against traditional Christian values. I mean, I get it. I get it. Sometimes it almost feels like we should just, if we just keep our mouths shut, we just keep our heads down, just avoid the conflict, that's probably better. Doesn't it feel that way? It might not even be that. You may not even be looking kind of on the, on the national or global level. You may just be thinking, you know what, I can't really talk to those people because those people knew me before I became me, and like they're not going to take me serious. Those people knew who I was before Jesus, and they're not going to believe anything. You know, or those people know me now, because let's face it, we don't all, uh, we're not all walking around perfect either, right? And you say, well, I can't say that to those people because they're going to look bad at, you know, they're going to say, they might call me a hypocrite. Uh, they might tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. They may say, well, I knew you when, I know what you do, all those things. And so we, so we fear criticism and we fear persecution. And look, here's the thing. God he didn't promise Jeremiah. So if you look back at those verses, he didn't promise Jeremiah. He didn't say, hey, here's the thing, son. I know you think it's going to be tough. Just do what I tell you to do. Go where I tell you to go. Say where I tell you to, to, to say, and, and everything's going to be just fine. Don't worry. It's going to be all a bed of roses. He didn't say that. All he did was say, I'll deliver you. Don't fear their faces, which I think is cool. <laughs> Must have been some really ugly people. Don't fear their faces. Right? But I'll deliver you. So, so he knew it. Like Jeremiah knew when he took this calling, he knew that things were going to be tough. He, he knew the message and the prophets before him. They had all experienced that. And God didn't say it's going to be easy. And he's not telling us it's going to be easy. But he did tell Jeremiah what? He told Jeremiah, I'll deliver you. You just do what I tell you to do, and I'll deliver you. Now I'm going to say this. If, if, if you're here today, and you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, You've already been delivered. I mean, the hard work's already been done. Jesus has already died on the cross, and you are delivered. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean that, that, that you won't have uh, hardships. That doesn't mean that, that you know, bad things won't happen in your life, sickness, you know, all, all those things. We still, we still have to go through life, folks. But here's the thing. You can go through your life and live it out with the understanding and the confidence and the peace that Jesus has already delivered you. You already know the end game. We win. All right? Now, the other thing is this. If you're here today and you're not a believer, you're not a Christian, you, you for whatever reason, you've not decided, hey, I, I, I really want to, to accept Jesus. I, I want this thing, this love, 
you know, all this great peace and everything, I, I, I'd like to have that. You know, maybe fear is, has, has kept you from, from stepping out there. Um, maybe you have the same fears that we're talking about with sharing it just by saying, hey, I'm going to accept it. You're afraid people won't take you serious. You're, you're, you're afraid you'll get embarrassed. You're, you know, you're not real sure about uh, how this is going to go. Look, here's the thing. If you want to have the peace and confidence and the deliverance that can only come through Jesus Christ, it's easy. He's already died on the cross for you. Okay? He's already done the work. He rose again three days later, and he's sitting at the right hand of God right now. And all you have to do is accept that. So if you're here today and you want to do that, hey, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm not going to tell you to raise your hand or anything like that right now, but if you'll come see me later, go ask the person that invited you. Go see Chris, somebody like that. Um, Jesus told us very specific, as I have loved you. You go love others. He loved you so much that he died on the cross. So if you want to have that kind of love in your life and you want to live that kind of love out for others, then you can have that confidence through, through only Jesus. Okay? Now, sometimes we get to see God's children living out his message while they're still young. Right? Every so often we get to see that uh, from somebody who's young, just like Jeremiah. And, uh, and so a lot of you guys know that, that Harvest has supported, over the past couple of years, we've been supporting uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So, you know, Fellowship of Christian Athletes is a national um, organization, but we've been supporting FCA right here in our backyard. Got numerous people who've been praying for FCA. Um, we've, uh, people have been donating money, time. Harvest actually supports FCA as part of our mission fund. Uh, our youth pastor, Aaron, you know, has gotten, has gotten involved and is looking for ways to get more involved as, as a youth pastor here. Um, so we're invested as a church, right? This is, we're really invested in this, in this ministry. And so I thought today, because um, we're going to be talking about living it out, right, living out God's message in our lives, and, and that we're going to be talking about that under the context of Jeremiah and how Jeremiah started as a youth, I thought it would be neat to just kind of shed a little light uh, on FCA and how um, God is impacting our students, our homes, our families right here uh, in our area through Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So you may have noticed some of our FCA student athletes are out here today. They're, they're working as greeters and coffee folks and hopefully putting a smile on your face. That's what they're here to do. All right, go up and say slap high fives and tell them to be like Jeremiah. All right, but the other thing I want to do is I'm going to ask Miss Hannah Daniels uh, to come up, and, uh, and we'll just let her tell you. Now, Hannah just graduated from Sullivan East High School, all right, where she was just a fantastic student athlete, big-time grades. You know, she played volleyball uh, for four years, right, played all four years. She just graduated. She's an awesome person. I've got a chance to know her a little bit over the past year, and she's just fantastic, okay? Um, she actually was one of the co-leaders in the FCA weekly huddle at East this past year. So, so here we've got somebody who, who is a young person, a teenager, living it out daily in the environment of a high school. Now, I don't know how long it's been since you guys have been in high school. It's been a while for me. But I can tell you one thing that hasn't changed is that's kind of tough. Like high school can be kind of a crazy place. 
Okay, now whether or not you guys have student athletes or students in your family or young adults in your family, you probably agree that they've got a pretty tough world to navigate. And this one right here has been living it out day in and day out, okay, as a leader, as an example. So I just want to ask you a couple questions if it's all right. I know it's all right because we did it in the first service. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my first question is this. Um, having, having come through high school, having served in FCA and, and actually led, what kind of fears uh, did you did you encounter fears, and if so, what kind of fears did you encounter uh, and overcome as you've lived it out in your life? Uh, yeah, for sure. So we definitely had some fears um, when we started. When Brad first mentioned us to us, we didn't hadn't had an FCA in years. Um, so our first meeting, we had about ten people, which you're probably thinking like, oh, that's not great, but that's not awful. Five of us were student leaders, so we really had like five people there. <laughs> so that was a little intimidating. Um, and a little, we were a little worried, like, is this really what we're called to do? Like, we want to see God work here, but people aren't responding. Um, and so then, to in high school, like you said, like, your whole goal is, like, I'm going to stand here and make as much, draw less attention to myself as I possibly can. Like, I don't want to stick out. But we quickly learned that when you're doing the Lord's work, like, he's just so awesome and so mighty full, like, you're not going to stick out. You're, you are going to stick out, um, and his message is going to make make an impact so um and then too I guess for me was just like why me like am I really equipped like you start to doubt yourself like like you said like I'm young I don't know as much as I'm sure there's other people that know more so there were definitely definitely fears when we were starting yeah you've done a great job of overcoming <laughs> um so Hannah is going to go play volleyball now at Walter State and so my next question then is just a follow-up to that one uh, having, having come through FCA and, and I think been impacted personally by, uh, by God, you know, through FCA, through, through your church and so forth. Uh, now you're going into a whole different environment. Um, how do you plan, what do you plan to do going forward? How do you plan to carry that forward into, into your new, your new uh, college life? Yeah, so definitely. So as I go, um, I'm really just praying about starting our own huddle at Walter State. Um, but then also, too, I've grown up in church. Um, but it wasn't until FCA that my faith was really tested, and I was taken outside of my comfort zone. Had you told me that when I first started FCA, I would be willing to get up here and share my testimony or anything like that, I probably would have laughed in your face. Um, but now I'm willing to do that. Um, so I feel like I have grown personally and just found a love for just investing in others. Um, but also through this whole experience, looking back now, I realize um, if you ask God to help you grow, and for us that was grow our impact through FCA, grow us to be better leaders. Um, if you ask him to grow, like you've got to be willing, like expect that rain, like there's going to be storms that are going to come. But you just got to know like he's going to be there and he's going to have your hand on you and he's going to guide you through it. So yeah. You can clap for. <laughs> Thank you. It's like our very own little Jeremiah. Hey, she's not lying. So Brad Perry's here with FCA, and and uh, and Brad told me after the first service, he said two years ago she wouldn't have done that. So she literally has overcome fears and overcome you know those kind of obstacles to now be standing up here in front of a group of strangers, which if you've never done that before, it's kind of daunting. It's a, it's a little bit like, whoa. And so for her to come that far, and, and it's, and it's got to be just her relationship with God and what he's done. And so I just want to share a couple things with you as it relates to FCA, kind of just to give you guys uh, uh, a visual 
on how God has been impacting our community uh, through FCA, like what's taking place in that ministry. Because you guys have been a part of it, so I want to share some things with you, okay? Um, she mentioned that, that whenever they started, like their first group had 10 people. Now, I've been in that group. I've been to that group, and when I was there, and it was late in the school year, so, so numbers kind of fade a little bit as the year goes by. Uh, but, but I was there, and there was about 45 kids in there when I went. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. And, and it's entirely like students. Like, they've got an adult that's hanging around, but it's literally their leadership as, as students leading other students with the message of God. It is really cool. And so here's the thing. When, when we kind of started this thing uh, just under two years ago, it'll be two years in October, there were nine of those huddle groups in, in our area, that area being uh, Daniel Boone High School, all of Sullivan County, okay? There were nine. We have 33 now. Yeah. Yep. There were no character coaches when we started. Character coaches are just adults. So if anybody wants to be an adult character coach, what that is is just, a, is just an adult or young adult that comes along an individual team. So if you're an old baseball player or somebody you want to come hang out with, they just hang out with individual teams, go visit them once a week, maybe go watch some games, just kind of be there as another level. Right? We started out, we had zero character coaches. Now we got 16. Yeah, this past year, she said it. I mean, their, their group had uh, 10. The group at Sullivan Central had seven. There were seven kids coming to a weekly meeting. This past year, when we ended the school year, FCA is reaching uh, over 850 kids a week in, this, in just this area, just Sullivan County and in the Daniel Boone zone. We're involved in camps. We're going to six different camps uh, this summer, wrestling, volleyball, uh, basketball, football, leadership. We got five teams going. So we got, we got actual full teams now that are going to FCA camp. So you take an entire football team, take them to FCA camp, and, uh, and hit them with Jesus for about three days. Right? That's pretty cool. So we got five of those going this summer. Now here's the other thing. You guys were involved, uh, a lot of you were involved last year in, uh, in the Bible initiative, right, to, to raise money, to get Bibles, to hand out. We handed out over 600 Bibles in FCA this year. Yeah. So, like, there's no kids. They literally, at, at Dobbins Bennett, they hand out Bibles in the weight room. I'm not sure how legal that is, but, but, they, but they do it. I mean, it, they, they're giving out Bibles, like, left and right. And here's the thing. The Word of God will not return void. Amen. You put it in somebody's hands, and at some point, it, it, it returns. So that's what you guys are helping to, to accomplish with FCA. This building beside us, you're going to see a lot of work going on here in the next little bit because Harvest is not using this warehouse. And so they've gone to FCA and said, hey, you guys use it. Take it. Run with it. So we're, we're building an area training center, which is the only one like it in the country as far as FCA is concerned. Brad, yeah, I know. It's awesome. Brad took, uh, Brad took the idea to FCA and said, here's what we want to do. And they looked at him like a cow staring at a new gate. What? You want to do what? So we got this area training center. Now think about this. There's going to be all kinds of work going on. It's going to be so cool. If you're an athlete at all, you're going to love this. There's turf going down. There's hardwood floor going down. We're going to be able to work on volleyball. We're going to be able to work on football-related drills. There's a batting cage for baseball. Any sport you can think of around here, we can do drills. We can do speed and agility work. So now a coach can bring an individual student or a handful of students or even a whole team in and work on specific drills 
in an environment right here by Harvest Community Church, in an environment that's run by FCA staff, and every time a kid walks in there, they're going to get hit with the message of Jesus. Every time. It's right here. So you guys are going to see that, and we wanted you to be aware, so when you start seeing some, some stuff going on, some signs hanging up, maybe some new windows and things like that, you're going to know what's taking place, and that's going on right beside us. Okay? So let me end with this. Um, and Hannah, that is so cool. It's awesome to see, like, visible, tangible results of what God is doing. Okay? Now, if you put your head down and you keep your mouth closed and you just stay on the sidelines, you don't get to see that stuff. But the minute you get involved, and it doesn't have to be FCA. Look, if, 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 uh, if you want to be involved in FCA, man, if you want to learn more about it, Brad's here. We've got an information table out there. I would invite you guys to stop and, and just say hello. Just introduce yourself and just say hi. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to give anything. Just stop and say hi. But if it's not FCA, let it be somewhere. Open yourself up to wherever God calls you and go where he tells you to go and be willing to say what he tells you to say. And if you live it out, he will deliver you. Let's pray. God, we just uh, we thank you so much for, most of all, God, for your love, that you loved us so much that you gave your son and that he loved us so much that he died for us. And Lord, if we get nothing else, I just pray that we take that command to love others in the way that he's loved us, to live out that kind of love in our life daily. I pray that we'll open up our hearts, we'll open up our arms, we'll open up our minds, and that we'll be willing to take your call and to go forward in love. And God, I ask that you give us courage. If there's anything in a fear that's keeping us from living it out, Lord, that you'll just give us your courage. Give us the peace and the understanding and the confidence that Jesus has already died for us and that we're already delivered. This in his name that I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.